Hello, everyone, and welcome to our latest episode here of the Oscars series, profiling one film that's been nominated for Best Picture for the upcoming Oscars ceremony that's happening as we're dropping this tomorrow night. Uh, uh, that It will be happening there, and there will be a watch-along from the Owl Nation by me at some point, either on Twitch or YouTube for that. Look for the announcement coming soon. But I am one of your hosts for this one. We're talking about West Side Story. I am the outlaw, John Roca, and I'm joined by my Cinephiles co-host, uh, and brother in life, Steve Morris. How are you, Steve? I am doing really well. I feel like we're tapping my toes. I maybe do some fight dancing. I'm I'm ready for this. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, listen, this is the remake of, well, remake, yes. And also reinterpretation, I think, might be a better kind of a, a description for this version of West Side Story that combines the original play that was there before the musical came out uh, and combines the musical as well with the original play. So a new approach to this story, a modernized approach to this story, even though it's set still back in the 1950s, more of a Latino angle to the story, more of a respect to the Latino community and the, the characters that are Latino in this movie uh, or in these uh, in this uh, um, uh, piece of work here. Uh, and uh, this one from director Steven Spielberg. Um, and I got to say, Steve, right off the bat, I was one of those people that was like, I do not want to see this in no way, shape or form. Do I think there's going to be any good? How do you think you can top the original, which I think had won 10 Oscars back in the early 1960s? How can you possibly think you're going to do it? And I'll be damned if they didn't do it from the acting to the direction, to the cinematography, to the music, to the look of the film and the message of the film overall. I was absolutely blown away by this movie, and it is my favorite film of 2022, bar none. Steve, your thoughts on this 2021 version of West Side Story? So I've only seen the film once, and the reason I say that Ooh. is that I, if, I'm going to tell you what my initial reactions to this film are, but I, this is a movie that I need to watch. I really feel like I need to watch again, okay. but these are my initial reactions. And I was texting Karen while I was watching it <laughs> and I was like, man, this movie is really good. Wow. This is really good. You know what? I'm thinking this is better than the original. No, Ooh. this is better than the original. Wow. And then the last thing I texted her, and this is why I kind of go, I want to watch this again. Yeah. I, I, this sounds crazy. It's sounding crazy what I'm about to say right now, but this is how I felt watching it. Yeah. This might be the greatest musical film ever made. Wow, that's what I think. That's a str- I saw. I just heard Gene Kelly rolling over in his grave and sitting. Listen, out like, what you know, you know, I love those movies, and and yeah. but well, and this is the thing, and I think I mentioned this to you too. Is I was thinking about, I was like, this is the only musical that is directed by one of the great master filmmakers. Mm. Is that, and I'm talking about if you're doing your, you know, Mount Rushmore, your top ten directors of all time, yeah. Steven Spielberg is on that list. And although Robert Wise is a really good director, you yeah. know, like there are no, and you know, and uh, Stanley, uh, Donen, Stanley Don and Vincent Minnelli, like, right? but none of those are the Kubricks and the Kurosawas and the, That's true. you know, and, and I think this was just, and again, this is why I go like, I feel like I kind of need to study this, but mm. top to bottom, this is the master filmmaker at work. That's wow. what I saw, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go into the casting here. Well, first of all, let's talk about the screenplay. Tony Kushner this is something Buell and I have had conversations about off camera. Um, what a fantastic job updating this story. And we were both surprised that he was not nominated yeah. um, for best adapted screenplay because I think too many people felt uh, didn't, first of all, didn't go see this movie, which is an absolute crime. Yeah. 
both in the Heights and West Side Story, both musicals with the Latino community. The fact that people did not go out in droves to see both of those films, which are damn good films, is a, it's just heartbreaking for me to consider. But Kushner not being nominated here after doing such an excellent job of updating the script, making it more um, fair to the Latino characters in this story. Um, I was really uh, just heartbroken as well to not see it be nominated. What did you think about what Tony Kushner did with the script in this movie? Well, I think the other screenplay that has a similar degree of difficulty is Dune, yeah. you know, which is like, how do you do what, how do you interpret that book? Really, really yeah. hard. How do you take a classic musical and figure out, and, and not only that, but mm-hmm. Tony Kushner again is a white guy who has to, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, that there's a lot of pressure, you know, political pressure on yeah, this yeah. film of doing it right. And man, he saw, because it's funny he solved so many issues i mean i love west side story i really yeah. do but like he filled things out in terms of bernardo in terms of yeah. maria and her life he filled out the tony and um uh riff's relationship yeah. he yeah. filled out so many things about this film and in particular tony and maria which are treated sort of as iconic lo- young love mm-hmm. whereas in, in 61 whereas in this they are really fully realized people. Yeah. You know, they're much more human and complicated yeah. in this film. And I, and I just, you know, I mean, Tony Kushner is one of the great writers, great playwrights, obviously great screenwriters. And man, he really did an incredible job. Yeah, I have to agree a hundred percent. I felt more um, connected to this movie than I had, even though I love the original movie and I do. I Me love too. it. Me too. I felt more represented, more connected to the story that was being told here and I felt even more sympathy for the Jets than I ever mm-hmm. did in the original, which really yep. surprised me. So, I mean, it was amazing to see, like, all these years later, that there is a way to update this. And the way you update it is to flesh out these characters more, give them more time to have interactions, and change some of the interactions. You know, um, Riff, and, uh, Riff and Tony have a different relationship in this film or at least has different um, levels to it than the original film. Uh, and you could argue what, uh, and we'll argue acting in a little bit, but like the connections they have, the interactions they have, Riff is much more dangerous in this movie mm-hmm. than Rust Hamblin made him in the 1960 or 61 version. Uh, and uh, there's more, there's more here to be afraid of with the Jets. And there's more understanding with the Sharks as well. The Sharks have a little more of, of a frustration and there's a kinship and there's more of a tragedy aspect that they don't realize that they're in the same boat together. And they actually could be more powerful if they understood who the common enemy is. And even working subtly through Kushner's script is this idea that dividing them is best for the overall people who are in charge of this area, the police and lieutenants and all of that who are in charge of the area. That's the real point. So saying commentary about America as well that the establishment has worked hard to keep people divided so that they can take advantage of the division for themselves politically or financially. I, I, you, you make so many good points. And I, I just, just going back to the, to the jets is because yeah. I, I think what Kushner and Spielberg and the cast do is they do exactly, they do make the jets more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the amazing magic trick is when the scene with Anita happens, they yes. make the jets far more hateful and, I mean, it is so awful. I mean, it yeah. is, and again, I love the, the 61 movie too. I think the scene yeah. in the 61 movie is really powerful, but this yeah. one is, 
you know, makes you sick to your stomach. It's so, so, so difficult. I think the setting in terms of the, that area of New York being torn down and that, Mm -hmm. that adds so much to, I think, and I think this is the thing, and this is why I say it's the master filmmaker. I had a, I had a teacher in uh, theater school Mm -hmm. and he, and what he, he said, he was basically a jerk, but he said a couple of really great things. (laughs) And one of them was, he said, people think that a good play is based on one good idea and it's not, it's 10,000 good ideas. Mm. Watch this movie. There are so many good ideas. Like, like you know, there's the the way they use color in the '61 that Robert Wise does. Well, yeah. Spielberg does it with fabrics, and you could see him referencing the original and also changing it. Though, I mean, there's so many things where it's good idea, good idea, good idea, good idea, over right. and over and over again. And these images you're showing, the yeah. color, the I mean, it's just I, when when America goes out onto the streets in that image that you just showed, it's yeah. like I didn't think you could outdo the original America. Right. And yet, and, and but I will tell you, there is one area where I do think uh, Robert Wise's film, or what I should say, Jerome Robbins's film is superior. And I do think that it just pure choreography. Mm. I think the choreography in the original West Side Story is better, but the use of the choreography, the way yeah. it's filmed, the way the scenes are built, I think are better yeah. in this movie. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to the acting here. We have... Newcomer uh, Rachel Zegler, and I'll put her up on the screen now. Is she uh, leading the film as uh, Maria? You have Anita DeBose uh, here as, uh, or, uh, yeah, as, um, uh, what am I saying here? Sorry, uh, you have Ariana DeBose as Anita. Sorry about that, gang. Uh, Mike Faced in here as a Riff. You've got Ansel Elgort here uh, as Tony and Steven Spielberg in charge of directing this whole thing. And really powerfully done by him. But let's look at the acting here, Steve. What impressed you the most as you were here, as you were watching all these actors? Of course, David Alvarez as well as Bernardo um, and uh, Rita Moreno coming back to play Doc, Doc's wife, uh, as opposed to the older Doc. What did you think about all the performances here overall throughout the movie? Um, well, first of all, they're, they're all really good. And yeah. the, the voices, I mean, having, you know, people that are Latino makes a big difference. Having people <laughs> that all can sing. I mean, yeah. you know, so you're not doing, uh, dubbing over people's voices makes a huge difference. I think yeah. Rachel Zegler does so much to make what was a fairly shallow character yeah. into a really complicated character with dreams who wants to break out of the situation yes. that she's in that has has a life that is rebelling against her family but still you know like all of those things work so well i think you know you mentioned uh mike feister faced i don't know how to say his name but yeah. he plays riff his the complexity that he brings to riff the yeah. the dangerousness the need of tony the like mm-hmm. how desperate he is without Tony, the, yeah. you know, like that, all of that stuff is so much more interesting. Even the character like Gino gets filled or Chino gets filled Chino. out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, that yeah. was a nice change. I agree with you right there. I mean, Chino uh, seeing him uh, uh, be a guy who doesn't want to be involved or, or that Bernardo doesn't want him to be involved. Yeah. They see him as the symbol of a way out of this life. The symbol of you can be better. Don't be what we are. Go represent us in other communities, other workplaces that break the stereotype exactly. of how people see us as Latinos. And But in the end, sucked into it because there's a, a loyalty and a love he has for Bernardo. Um, and, you know, as the story unfolds, uh, and as the story is told, ends up in that position to take the life of Tony, you know, yeah. and so... Yeah, I loved that change as well. Now, let's go back to Mike Face. 
I think he should have been nominated as well, Steve. I was really surprised that he is. I mean, no offense to Jesse Plemons. He's not doing much in Power of the Dog. I, I agree. Think should have been the nominee here out of West Side Story. He's so incredible in this film. And as I said earlier, the energy, the, the menace, the, the razor's edge, the barbed wire kind of sensibility that you feel, the desperation, the hunger, as you mentioned earlier, Steve, um, the menace of him it, it is so fantastic in, in Mike Faye's performance as Riff. I mean, he's better than Ansel Elgort as Tony, in my opinion, and he rules that relationship where in the first movie, Tony very much is the one who is the respected one here. Um, this is more of a potent combination between the two that I thought was really well done by Mike Faye. Well, and, and I think it's funny. I, I don't love Ansel Elgar's performance yeah. top to bottom. He's the one negative in, in my I mean, opinion. Yeah, but but it's not like I think the, I drew a blank on the actor's name who plays Tony in the original. It's not like I think he turns in like a remarkable Richard performance. Gamer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but, but what I do like is that the way they fill in Tony's character that Tony has yeah. been in jail and that he killed someone and all these yes. sort of things. And that he is this person with this anger who yeah. like, because you do that Tony in the original is trying to make a change and move on from the jets. That's there. Right. But this Tony trying to make a change and move on from the jets has emotional resonance mm -hmm. in the way that the, the earlier one doesn't. And I also think, I don't know how they figured out what to do with Rita Moreno. But because that's like it's so it's such a leap to get yeah. her. In, and you kind of feel when I heard what she was playing, I went, oh, they're just kind of shoehorning her, shoehorning her into the film yeah. to make space for her. And it's like, no, it adds a ton. It does it a ton having her in that position. It adds weight. It adds a generational thing here as the older Latina seeing what's happening to her community, seeing what she was hoping to see happen into her community and have it shattering right in front of her face. There's such a weight. And when uh, Ariana DeVos and Rita have that kind of duet back and forth when they're singing, there's so much power in that scene, for God's yeah. sake. It's incredible. And we should move off uh, um, talking about the great actresses or actors in this film without mentioning Ariana DeVos, who is the odds-on favorite yeah. to win Best Supporting Actress. She is incredible in this movie. As much as Rachel Zegler is a coming-out party because you know no one really knew her and this was her first lead role, Ariana's been working consistently for a little bit. And this role really kind of is everything coming together and showing the power, strength, ability, singing ability, and acting chops that Ariana has. And so this Oscar, if she wins it, because nothing's ever a given right. with the Oscars, uh, is going to be a well-deserved Oscar. And I hope a launching uh, pad for her to go and do even bigger roles. I, man, I just have this image in my head of mm. if they gave it to Judy Dench. And uh, Judy Dench is fantastic. She's oh, my God. But it's just like that would be the uh, it, just exactly the the kind of stupid thing that the Oscars do. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> no true. disrespect to Dame Judy Dench at all. No disrespect. No but disrespect. I mean, she is so good. She's a she's yeah. a fucking revelation in the movie and, and Anita's always been among the most dynamic characters in the story yeah, and you and literally not only does she have huge shoes to fill but the lady who wore the shoes is just you know in the movie with you yeah. and she not and, and 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 the key to me is uh, is a boy like that is it's not America oh, wow. like America is an incredible incredible song right. but a boy like that what has to happen in terms of performance 
and singing and everything at the same time mm-hmm. is so complex and difficult. And man, yeah, she destroys it. Absolutely. And let's talk. I mean, the cinematography from Janusz Kaminski. I'm going to bring this shot up here. I mean, the cinema, the way he uses light in this movie, the way he uses some of the grayer, um, I don't know about asphalt, but some of the stone kind of colors here as we're seeing this kind of a treated film uh, uh, approach to this film. And then also the vibrancy uh, of the colors. Uh, and then these, this great, uh, the framing here of the camera with these shots like this, stuff like this, just incredible work by Kaminsky, who is, of course, Spielberg's uh, cinematographer for a number of films. That's another thing that deserves all kinds of praise and credit as well, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think what's amazing about it is that it's totally its own thing. And it yeah. is you can totally see the reverence and the homage to the original. Yeah. In terms of the color, you can see like that you showed the scene of the dance. Like yeah. so much of that is like, I can see the original movie in this and yeah. then see how Spielberg upped it. Because like, instead of having the little ballet between Tony and Maria happen in the center of the room, when Robert Wise goes to the red, he moves it to behind the bleachers. Yeah. And it's like, that is what I mean. It's a whole bunch of little amazingly good ideas. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you the thought that just occurred to me. Do you remember when uh, Fury Road comes out? Yeah. And you're like, here's this old guy who came along and said, oh, you guys think you know how to make action films? Hold, you know, hold my beer. <laughs> I feel like this is Spielberg and Giannis Kaminsky going, hold my beer. Like, yeah, that's We're fair. the old guys. We've been doing this a long fucking time. And we're going to show you how to do it. <laughs> you know? Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Absolutely. Um, you talk about the choreography. I hear, you know, you mentioned earlier, it's not as strong as you felt the original is. But I think there's an inventiveness here. And you yes, mentioned that I, well, Steve. The stuff in the in the uh, America out in the streets is phenomenal. But also Officer Krupke in the police, in the police station, station yeah. I thought was really brilliant. And uh, the way they stage and I mean the way the angles in the camera and the way they move around when I uh, I have a love or you know, a boy like that, I'm rather that song having their back and forth, which you mentioned as well. But also the somewhere I think is really well done with homages to the original, but distinctly its own thing as well. And Rachel's voice is so powerful. And that mouth of hers, which is big, it just kind of really uh, conveys an incredible amount of power from such a skinny uh, wayfish (laughs) body comes such a booming voice of strength and i love the way they stage the choreography for just about every single number here i think so too it's the it's, it's the, the kind of the kind dynamics of, the... of jerome robbins's choreography that i think is just kind of unbeatable but i'll give you another example of where i think the choreography is amazing is that in the original it's sort of th- this thing that obviously has gotten talked a lot of that we fight through dance and so yes. all the fighting yeah. is dance choreography yeah. and they do, I can't describe it. It's like the opposite. It's like we dance through fights in this one <laughs> is that, and as a person who studied martial arts is that there is a real dance element, particularly in classic Kung Fu. And if you watch the way the fights are choreographed, yeah, they do an amazing job of making it dancey, but actually kind of realistic fighting yeah. in a different way. And so it's not as, beautiful i think is the jerome robbins choreography but i know some ways it's cooler it it, it accomplishes the goal of combining fight and dance in a way that's better actually than the original yeah i don't disagree with you and let's get to the direction here steve steven spielberg uh you know master filmmaker as you said stepping in is there i mean we've talked to how great the film is and of course that's all a credit or a lot of it is a credit to steven spielberg every actor to a person has been giving him credit 
through social media and interviews and what have you. Um, is there anything we haven't said about Steven Spielberg's direction of this film, uh, uh, West Side Story from uh, 2021? Yes, this is what this is what I would like to say about it. As we talked about elements of the other directors, yes, how they use the camera, what their their shot selection is, how they work with actors, all this stuff. The most important job of the director is the director is the captain of the team. Yes, and I think that's what you see throughout this film is that it's it's I don't know what he does with his production designer or his cinematographer or how he works, but I know that every single element of the team is working at their top. That's yeah. what I see in this movie is that he is the great coach. He is the great quarterback bringing the best out of everybody he's working with. I think that's an excellent point, Steve. I don't think I can add anything better to that. That is absolutely the truth. And you feel that organically, viscerally, when you're watching the movie, that this is every artist involved in the production team headed by the director at the top of their game and delivering a incredible new interpretation of a classic film which is rarely done a yeah. classic film is rarely remade to the point where that classic can vie for the same fans attention or affection uh, of the original so this certainly is one that qualifies for that i'd be remiss not to bring up some of the criticisms uh, some people have also as we've mentioned earlier ansel elgort's acting certainly some people have had issues with that i am one of those people that's had issues with that Steve you mentioned earlier. He's not the best at, of the of the actors here, but also there have been some complaints about the story, Steve itself. To people saying, "Oh, oh, you know, uh, Tony kills her brother Bernardo, and so they're back, but they start sleeping together within the same day." That doesn't make any sense to me. And it's like, look, if you want to start tearing a story or a musical up like that, then let's start going through all your films, and we can tear it apart that way as well. I think the way it's done here, the way it's played out here, these are. There, people forget this is not a love story to be aspiring to. This is a tragic right. love story because they move too fast, because they move too quick, because they're careless in slamming their families together. They are the victims of their own decisions. So, yes, and, and young love like this can be crazy. Young love like this can forget the boundaries and forget the connections. And certainly she was having problems with Bernardo and his overbearing uh, uh, behavior. And Bernardo was part of a gang, and that's part of the gang. Yeah. Um, uh, the consequences of being a gang is that you could die at any time. So these are factors that are all involved in this. So the criticism of the story to me is just kind of mind-blowing, short-sighted, and, and just out of place. Oh, what do you think about this? So, so I... So if you were to go back and listen to our uh, uh, discussion of the original West Side Story with uh, Milena Govich and David Cornu years and years ago that we recorded, you would yep. hear me be extremely critical of Tony and to some degree <laughs> Maria because they do such stupid stuff. Yeah. And in this movie, I feel like they actually solved a bunch of that problems. And really, to me, the moment you know they sleep together is like the proof is in the pudding. If yeah. you're watching that scene and go, I don't believe it. This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not emotionally involved. Then that criticism is valid. If right. you are emotionally involved and it makes sense what they do, which to me it 100% did, not that yeah. it's a good choice. Right. It's a terrible right. choice. Yeah. But I totally believe the characters were doing what they were doing. Well, then it works. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and there's a consequence to that decision. Exactly. He dies. There's yeah. a consequence. He could have left. He could, took Doc's money. He could have left. But he stayed. And in staying, asking for, for Maria's forgiveness, all of this stuff, 
it leads to his eventual death. And and, and that's that's the point of the tragedy. Anyway, well, and the, the tension of Romeo and Juliet, not the romance of Romeo and Juliet. Exactly. And the tension that's created as Anita showing up, yeah. you know, at that scene is like a lot. Yeah. Oh my God. Can I say one more thing about yeah, Silver? Yeah, is yeah. that is that so this is literally 50 years into his career, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And if you think about like <sighs> our other great directors and look at what movies Hitchcock was making in the 70s or yeah. what movies John Ford was making in the 60s or what, you know, and it's not like they didn't make some good movies near the ends of their careers, but there's nothing like this. Yeah. I mean, maybe Kurosawa, you know, he has, he has an incredibly long yeah. career. Yeah. You know, the last couple of movies of his aren't great, but certainly Kagamusha and Ron are really good. Yes. But, but, and that's 40 years, I would say, into his career. But that's, I mean, that's incredible to come out with a, I am at the top of my game 50 years later. I just know I think, like that. I think Spielberg and Scorsese are the only two that you can argue that are still at that advanced age and at the top of their game. Cause I loved Irishman. I thought it was a yeah. fantastic film. And I'm wondering how Killers of the Flower Moon are going to be. But yes, and I think this is Steven Spielberg's best film since Schindler's List. I 100% think wow. it's his greatest film since Schindler's List. It's his most complete film. And as Steve mentioned earlier, to me, it's this is Spielberg at the tippy top of his game. And it's a crime that more people didn't go see this film. It's a crime that no one is thinking this film is going to win Best Picture. It's a crime that he might even, not even win Best Director. Although I understand, having seen Power of the Dog again for a second time, Jane Campion being the odds-on favorite, I just think Spielberg deserves much more credit and much more consideration for best director. And if he pulls the upset tomorrow night, no one will be happier than me about that happening. Uh, and maybe Steve too. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely would be. I don't know if it'll happen. To me, yeah. it is an absolute no-brainer. I really feel, yeah. I mean, like in terms of, and I, and I would think, I think Paul Thomas Anderson would agree. I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think directors mm. looking at this film have to go like, fuck man, yeah. look at what this guy's doing. And that means that is no disrespect to the other directors in this category. Right. These right. are, these are incredible directors. They all had a, a vision for their film. We still haven't talked about licorice pizza. So we're, we're going to get into that. It's yeah. going to be an interesting conversation, um, sure. but, but like they all, but, but to me, it's like, there's just hands down no comparison whatsoever for yeah. me fair enough yeah well let's jump into that uh, as we wrap up here this uh, uh revisiting of west side story and talking about its oscars chances it's nominated for best picture best director best supporting actress best cinematography best costume design best production design and best sound so steve where do you see it winning any oscars or where do you see its best opportunity to win an oscar I think the best opportunity is Ariana DeBose. I think that's the, yeah, she's, she's the leader. Um, I just lost your sound. I don't know why you went silent. Maybe it's on my end. So um, I, yeah, I don't hear you all of a sudden. I'm going to, you can hear me though. So I'm going to keep talking and I will. So I think he, this movie is great in all of these categories. Sound is the one that I don't think it should win. Um, I think the cinematography, it's so tough because they're all incredibly good. 
So I don't think it would win for cinematography. The costumes designs are fantastic. I, I would probably vote for this for costume designs from what I've seen. I want Steven Spielberg to win in terms of direction. Production design, we've already discussed. They're all really, really good. That's what we yeah. said throughout. I'd have other ones. Oh, and I can hear your voice again. Yes, yes. Apologies. Sometimes uh, when people call, the Bluetooth hooks up and it hooks up to the into the mix cast instead of going back to the regular mix cast. So that's gotcha. the enforcer. Sometimes I got to be aware of that. Yeah. I, you know, obviously I think it should win best picture. It won't sadly. Um, but if, if by some miracle, the Academy falls in love with Stevens, watches these screeners that are sent to them uh, and, 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 you know, just kind of comes around and understands how great a film this is. It would be great to see it win best picture. It would be great to see him win best director. I agree with you. Ariana DeBose is the odds on favorite. Maybe Janusz Kaminski uh, takes the cinematography from Dune. We shall see. Uh, best costume design, I, I, although I think it's incredible. And, and we show the number of pictures of the costumes that are radiant. I just don't know if it'll be enough. Production design, I think there are a couple other ones that might be better. Yeah, but, there are other ones, yeah. Yeah, and, and best sound, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know if best sound is where it's going to nab an Oscar. But I do think it'll win one beyond Ariana DeBose's Oscar. I do have a feeling that it's got an opportunity here. But because look, for sound, it's up against Power of the Dog, No Time to Die, Dune, and Belfast. And I think it could win. I think there's a very real possibility it could win in comparison to those other ones. Or maybe James Bond or Dune kind of slides in, especially with that score and what have you, to take best sound. We shall see. But um, all right, well, there we go. That's that's, that's our conversation here on West Side Story. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have just one more thing I yes, want to say. Go ahead. You know those movies that don't do that well in the theater and get kind of ignored by the Oscars, mm. and those 20 years later are the movies that you're talking about? Yeah. That's what this is. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree with you 100%. 100%, brother man. This is one people are going to go back to and go like, why didn't people love this film as much yeah. as they did? It is not going to be Batman versus Superman. It's going to be West Side Story that people come back to and go, wow, why didn't people love this film more? And the more people discover it, I think the more people will fall in love with it. It's on HBO Max, so go and watch it if you haven't watched it, uh, for sure. All right, well, uh, there you go. That's our wrap-up here on West Side Story from 2021. We've got one more film to go, or actually two more films to go, because I'm going to drop um, uh, uh, Nightmare Alley later on today. I think after a spirited conversation, this is an afternoon conversation. This will drop before Nightmare Alley, and then tomorrow, Licorice Pizza will be our last one. Right. Buckle down for that one, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to be a hell of a battle for sure, uh, or a hell of a conversation for sure, uh, if nothing else. Um, uh, thank you so much for watching these. Thanks to everybody who's been leaving comments about it and enjoying these conversations. Uh, thanks for uh, all the comments uh, that you've been uh, tweeting at us as well. Uh, Steve, another fun conversation. Where can people find you, my man? SR Morris on Twitter, SR Morris one on Instagram. We're in the middle of the season of Lee on the Cinephiles and Do the Right Thing Part Three, where we conclude our conversation with our great guest Andre Gordon is just finished editing and about to go out. Um, and of course, Enterprise incidents for Star Trek. We are on my one of my least favorite episodes of season two, the Immunity Syndrome. But the, but then the next episode is one of my favorites, which is a piece of the action coming soon. Oh, yeah. Piece of the action is really good. That's yeah. a great point. And speaking of guests, Steve, we have something to announce for the Cinephiles, which is the uh, uh, the show that we mean you co-host you just mentioned here. Our podcast, the Cinephiles, break it down one great film um, over the last, uh, what, six years we've been doing this one great film every week here. Um Speaking of West Side Story, we did a, a Cinephiles episode on West Side Story, as you mentioned, with Milena Govich and David Cornu. What do we have coming up as a live episode with them? 
Well, we're working out the schedule as we speak, but the goal is we are going to do a live episode discussing the original West Side Story and comparing it to the film that we've been talking about today. Obviously, John and I are already very passionate about this film. And if we can work out the schedule, having two incredible people like David Cornu and Elena Govich join us in the conversation is going to be something you will not want to miss on our next Cinephiles Live. There you go. Absolutely. As for me, you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. And remember to subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell button. Trying to get 25,000 subscribers as soon as possible. Leave a comment, hit a like, and share it on your social media. And look out for two more of these before uh, Oscar the Oscar ceremony tomorrow night, which I will be doing a live watch along of. Just a reminder. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Oscar series and the Outlaw Nation. Take care. Until then. Peace. <laughs>